<laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Capiche Filmcast. Stephen Barry here with Scott Armour. Hi. We are here, as per usual, to talk about films, and uh, a lot of films we have today to talk about. Uh, I suppose we should just more or less just get back into it. Yeah, fine away. Right, you'd give us a couple of, just give us some of the flavour of the ones that you've okay, seen. Okay, well, let's talk about the film I've seen today in the cinema. Right, okay. Bad Times at the El Royale. Uh, this is an all-star cast. It's... Uh, interesting film, kind of a neo-noir thriller. Do you know what? Do you know much about it? Uh, I've only seen a trailer. There's another film that's out and it looks quite similar. Uh, well, it if it's the film that came out during the summer, I didn't see it. Hotel Artemis. Hotel Artemis. Yeah, it's meant to be good, but I haven't uh, seen that. I've not seen it yet. Um, yeah, that looks also really intriguing. I don't know if that film's got a supernatural element to it or something. This one doesn't. Right, okay. This is just a, a proper thriller. Uh, this is directed by Drew Goddard. He is his second film that he's directed. He's mostly a screenwriter. He directed Cabin in the Woods. Ah, right, okay. So some credibility all there. So second film in, I would say this is a good uh, good career. He's got, from his screenplay credits, I've, I've followed him from, he was a screenwriter in Buffy. Uh, he's done Lost and Alias and things like that. Um, he did... The Martian. What? He's screen, screenwriting. screenwriting. So he's kind of... He did the first... Clo- he helped out in the first Cloverfield as well. So he's kind of like... A lot of credible stuff. Uh, and it's for the second time directing. <clears throat> and again, it's kind of an ensemble cast. So you've got Jeff Bridges in there. Uh, Dakota Johnson. Chris Hemsworth. I'm trying to remember who else. There was a lot of them. Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> a kind of token appearance as he was in Cabin. It was... Oh, God, I forgot he was in that. Uh, uh, no, he kind of plays a central role in it. I won't say much. Again, this is a film that's a bit strange to talk about because <clears throat> it's constantly drip feeding different, you know, revealing different personalities right. within the personality. So everything, nothing is as it seems at first. Right. And so that's what the kind of intrigue is in the film. The film starts off really well. It's got a really confident style. It looks like it's shot on film, not like digital. Like it looks like an old fashioned film. Like you wouldn't, it's set in the 70s, but it kind of looks like if it was actually in the 70s, like made in the 70s. I Tarantino esque. Uh, the people I was with described it as they kind of got a Tarantino vibe. Right. It's kind of Tarantino meets the cat, not the, what do you call it? The Wes Anderson film, Grand Budapest. Oh, right, okay. It kind of, again, it's the hotel concept. It's right. sort of like... So it's all set in a hotel? More or less. There's What what happens is you'll see these characters sort of meet. John Hamm, that was the other one I was trying to think right, of. Okay. He's in it. Uh, he, uh, they're all kind of just meet and they're all designated their rooms. It's kind of not the sort of season when there's a lot of guests. So it's, it's like an empty right, hotel. Like the down season almost. Yeah, kind of characters appear and are designated their rooms and then we slowly focus it's, it's cut it actually has chapters and it's like focused on <clears> that you know room four and it shows oh, you okay. a bit about the priest and it kind of gives you some insight into maybe why he's here and things like that and the other characters and the sort of mystery starts to kind of come through and the, the stories intersect quite well I right, so it's basically just here's this person but then it all it, comes together yeah well, like yeah, like it, story yeah, the, the stories uh, kind of then intersect um, quite well. It's two hours and I think forty minutes. It, it's about two hours, maybe two, it's two hours, two and a half hours. To uh, yeah. I would say a wee bit too long. Uh, that's, 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 it needed. I think you could have cut 
10 or 15 minutes or so and it might have been a bit <clears throat> more uh, a bit pacier the film the way it's shot it's very kind of like slow it's a lot mm-hmm. of like still just letting the mood of the film come through I really like that about it very strong the opening few scenes are great and it's got a great style to it. The look of the film oh, right. is, is brilliant. It's very um, the sort of the, the soundtrack is great. So is it an original soundtrack or is it like different music and stuff? I don't really know. It, there's a character in it that's a singer and she's singing or she's trying to be an aspiring oh, yeah. musician and she is she actually sings. Um, and in fact, from from looking, I think the actress is actually she looks like. She is belting out these songs, right. and she's really good. So the the song the the film has this flavor of like <clears throat> sort of seventies uh, kind of era music, American music. But it, do you know what? It's like when you say that it's like the film just kind of it's interesting. I, I think see, to be honest, these we're getting like more like into the modern world of cinema. It almost feels as if every film has to be over two hours long mm. at least, because even the Meg was over two hours long, and the Meg just to me seems like it's. It seems like a film that it should just be, you know, at, at the very max an hour and forty. Yeah. You know, summer blockbuster that. So I think the I think the length I think it's just it's just coming part and parcel to I don't know just just I mean it, it, I mean it, I, to be honest it, it's just certain films I think films like this film are about getting to know these characters and so you can give some leeway to that because this type of film would normally maybe could have easily have been a ten part series you know on Netflix when you get to know the character and get ingrained but then that could have been drawn out to the point that that would have been not as interesting so having a good length of time and screen time to these characters was was mostly worth it I just think there are points at the very end my attention slightly started to waver Um, I can't really say which character that caused that or whatever because it sort of might ruin the mystery of the film I would say overall though all strong performances well shot uh, dialogue was it was it was um, compelling and overall I really enjoyed it the people I was with they absolutely loved it as in mm-hmm. it's in the top of their f- films fee from uh-huh. previous podcasts she really loved this film That's and I, I, I could uh, I could see why they liked it I just it's slightly overall I really liked it I think it's a great <clears> film and <throat> people should go out and see this film if they think they would like that but it just slightly uh, lost my attention towards the very end but overall really impressed with this film I haven't written a review yet I'm leaning to a four star more than a five star for mm. this one it's interesting that you say so a couple of points I've just for the record I've not seen it so I'm only going on what you said and as I say, I've only seen one trailer, and it was in the cinema, and I think it's when I went to see Meg, so mm. that was a good couple of months back. But it's a couple of points that you say, so it's, what I was going to say was, the way you're kind of describing it is it's very slow and it's like character building. You know, again, if it's a that kind of film, I don't mind if it's going to be two and a half hours, do you know what I mean? And I would probably say that when you were saying that, it was kind of uh, reminding me of Blade Runner. 2049. Yeah, yeah, there's an element of that. And, um, you know, I, was, I, I love that film. Mm. I don't know if anyone's heard the podcast. That was my number one film mm-hmm. in the last year. Yeah. I love the fact that it was very, very slow-paced, but, it, it, you know, you just felt involved in Ryan Gosling's character. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it's, inter- it's interesting that you say that Fee loved this film. Mm-hmm. It's got bits similarities to the pacing. 
a Blade Runner because we hated Blade Runner. Yeah, we were speaking about that today at uh, lunch. We had a dinner after it and we were just summarising a lot of the films and I think this year's debates are going to be heated <laughs> uh, because of our certain love for a certain Marvel film that's come out. Oh, or even right. two of them, to be honest. <clears throat> you mean Venom? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> but anyways, we'll, uh, that'll be... Uh, for further podcasts but yeah you're right she she kind of I think it's she likes more grounded films and again films where you can relate more so the superhero films she's not interested in the fantasy things she's not a big Star Wars fan she has more grounded she likes original stories Mm -hmm. this is a new film new characters I think she gives she likes that she likes to get in feel like she's kind of getting to know characters and things like that. I can see her, you know, viewpoint on that. Oh, that's good. Blade Runner was a bit too far in terms of it was very, you know, philosophizing science science fiction in that kind of, she just not, not, she doesn't seem to be drawn to that. So yeah, as I said, four stars for that. Uh, You mentioned The Meg. Uh, You want to maybe talk about The Meg then? Yeah, The Meg. So The Meg is uh, Jason Statham punching 50 foot megalodons in the eye. Mm, so, based on tr- true stories. Based then. on true events. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, do you know what? I remember first seeing that tagline, you know, Megalodon on the Meg. I remember first seeing the Meg as a, <laughs> as a title to a film, and I just thought, oh my god. And then I seen Jason Statham was in it, and mm. I thought, Jason, what are you doing? Where has your career gone from the, from the fucking snatch days? <laughs> those, those are those are very far those away. Are very far away. But do you know what? See, to be fair to the actual film and Jason Statham, Jason Statham, the last good performance that I think he was in was a film called The Spy with Melissa McCarthy, mm. and he did not take himself seriously at all, and he was hilarious in that film. I think when he is in that frame of mind, uh, that type oh, of character, like, which you, is what Snatch is, it's not a serious film at no, all. No. He delivers humour perfectly. Oh, like, right, he has a way right. of saying things. He's he's giving great dialogue. I think it works so well. So ridiculous. Right. Honestly, the, the film the, the film with Melissa McCarthy, is, it's not great, but he makes it... Every scene he's in, he absolutely steals it. He's hilarious in it. In this, it's not necessarily so much humour, but do you know what? It's like... It's it's the Jason Statham or you know and love. It's a it's a fun, crazy concept film. Uh, he's not taking it seriously. He's throwing in you know wee quips and jokes and stuff like that. Do you know what? I never ever thought it would work, but it, it works. Wow. Okay. Right. Um, and the CG and stuff is that quite good? There's some bits. I mean, there's some bits that are questionable. Right. You know. I mean, obviously, it's a the. The CGI on the shark's decent. The some of the CGI between when the shark is involved with humans and that kind of thing and trying to integrate live action stunts with the shark and mm. stuff. I'm gonna be honest, some of that just screened green screen. Right, yeah. Right. So you could tell that that was obviously actors doing mm. a stunt in the water, big green screen CGI shark. Yeah. That that kinda of was the only thing. But do you know what? See to be honest, I kinda of almost played into the kinda of it made it more endearing because it kind of made it that B-movie, you know, cult B-movie yeah. type thing. It didn't... I And you know what? It was a really interesting... The thing that I picked up on it was is that... I mean, it is a crazy, crazy, crazy storyline. Like, they, they go to the deepest part of the ocean and then they actually find out it's it's not the actual ocean floor. So they, it was like a, a, you know, a line of really thick salt that the submarine goes through and then underneath it, that's where the Megalodon's been living for well, the past however many thousands of years, and then 
obviously situation happens as any disaster movie is and the Megalodon gets out and escapes. So, um, but it was really interesting and interesting enough of the fact that it's wee clever things that they did and it's like almost trying to kind of show that how we're impacting and I remember saying this to you, it's just wee things, it's how we're actually impacting the sea and a shark's environment. So this is the this is this fossil shark who's been underground or under this ocean floor, if you will, for thousands of years, and it's just coming out. And there's a scene where the shark is actually swimming towards a beach to eat a lot of humans. But the the camera angles are very clever, and it actually shows you just how much pollution's in the ocean floor. So it actually has a message. Aye. Wow. So I, I, I and it was crazy sitting there thinking, I'm right. I'm watching. A film called The Meg, right? <laughs> Jason Statham's in this film and he's fighting a megalodon and they're actually trying to send out a message to be more eco-friendly. Wow. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, and David Abra like, wasn't well, enough. Oh, you're just expecting him to... <laughs> I'm <laughs> surprised, yeah. In the sunset. Uh, but you know what? It's, it is actually good. It's a good cast. Uh, Ruby Rose is in it as well. But uh, it is a good cast. They all work well. There's... Some jokes that just don't work, mm. and I think they were trying a wee bit too hard. There's a wee bit too much dialogue in some scenes, but you know, other than that, see if you just want to sit back and watch a, you know, you know, hard day at work. You come in and you just switch yeah, that you know, braid off, yeah, and no, you just want yeah. to watch, you know, I wouldn't see, I wouldn't even say dumb, but see just fun. Yeah, it's just fun cinema mm-hmm. that you don't have to take seriously. You know, it's not I, a thinking man's film. No, I've read. I've been reading reviews that you know, critics. Some critics are actually, you know, saying that would never happen because the megalodon, blah blah blah. And you're well, I, I've what? read a couple. I've only read one or I think one review, but they, I think, wanted what you're describing, but for some reason they interpreted a lot of it as it wasn't taking its. It was taking itself a bit more seriously than you. I just think. don't. I just didn't see it. Maybe, maybe, maybe I wasn't looking at it as a as maybe some. Critics look mm-hmm. at films in a kind of different way. I think oh, I mean, everyone, I think everyone, no matter critic I, or person, I, can read into something differently. Um, to me, I just, I just went in it with, as I say, before the film, I thought film called The Meg. It's about megalodon. Jason Statham's in it. He's fighting a big massive shark. You know how how can that possibly be a serious film? It's just fun. So that's the way I went into it. And do you know what? I come out. And I remember saying to my wife, my wife always asked me, so what do you think about that? And I was like, you know that way I kind of laughed no. and went, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And I'd never thought I would say that about Jason Statham fighting a shot. <laughs> so what would you give this I one? I would still give it a three. I don't think it merits a four, but mm. for pure enjoyment factor. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not really jump scares or anything like that, but there's some good action scenes in it. Uh, and again... For me, I just think it didn't take itself seriously. Okay. Like the fact that it had a wee kind of nod towards, you know, if a megalodon ever did come back, do you want the megalodon swimming about and use jo- Johnny's? And- does it feel like there could be a sequel to this film? Do they feel like franchise baits? I don't like, think. Excuse sh- the pun. I don't think there should be. Mm. I think it should oh, that's, be. Oh, uh, that's yeah. Well, mostly I don't think there should be a. I, it's one thing that. I think it did okay at the box office though. I think it, I, it, I think it, it did. Yeah. He, because it was um, there was a there was a couple of big action stars that bringing out films and he outshone all of them mm. in his films this summer, um, so Jason Statham basically came out on top type thing. So no, I would thoroughly recommend. I'd still say three stars. Okay. I don't think I could ever give that kind of film a four. 
Okay, three stars for the Meg. Let's talk about a film we've both seen. So we're going to talk about Mile 22. No, no, Venom. This, you know, you just seen it yesterday. I literally seen it last night. Last night, I've seen it, I caught it a few days ago. I've written a review. I've given it two stars in my review. Really? You, yeah, obviously oh, it's good to see yes. that you've read our content, Scott. Oh, <laughs> the surprise I, in your voice that. suggests maybe you have. <laughs> so you clearly, we, uh, I think we disagree on this film. It's interesting what? to I talk think about. We'll, I think we'll probably, I think we'll probably agree on most things, but I don't know. Maybe my my old age that I'm, I'm probably been a lot less critical of films, mm. and I think I don't know if it's because. Um, now, I think we are okay that the standard of film is actually isn't as good as what I, I'm expecting, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Well, you've accepted that you're maybe not going to get aye. the Star Wars of aye, your aye, day, aye, uh, aye. The Empire Strikes Back. Aye, and, and don't get me wrong, I know there's going to be films that come out, some brilliant movies that have been made. However, what, when it, what I mean by that is, is that see when, it, see, when it's, see when it comes down to new ideas, mm. You know, creative thinking in the world of Hollywood. Generally, I'm disappointed, and I think the end product is disappointing. When I this this the way I see films now is that I probably find that a lot of the biopics, mm-hmm. a lot of the based on true stories, a lot of the indie films that don't have a big budget, but it's actually just more focused on the story and the and the the, the meaning behind that journey and all that kind of stuff. I'm finding more appealing. As I'm getting older, and I'm getting less attached to the big blockbusters because I'm just getting bored of them. Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, uh, you know things like Geostorm, all of this kind of stuff. Fast and Furious. Uh, I mean, Fast and the Furious still, I think, still has a place, but it's just. I think they do something better than a lot of the films aye, that it gets aye. put in the same category as the Transformers. Aye, films it's and just stuff there's, like there's, there's, big CG crazy aye. action films. Well, I mean, even if you look at Justice League. You know, films like that that just have mm. so many, so many good ideas, or so many great ideas in terms of what they could have done, but then they come up with that. I know Justice League was flawed anyway, and mm. had its issues changing directors and all that kind of stuff. But surely there's writers in Hollywood that can just write a decent film or, or come up. I mean, look. Well, at, I would say what we spoke about, Drew Goddard, is as an example of. Are they? The, so the the younger crop, a lot of them that are coming through are that you know mm-hmm. there is it's just parsing out the good ones from the poor let's talk about oh, sorry, Venom. Venom, I, I, so I think the point that I was kind of I think the point where I'm trying to go with this is, is that your when, standard has been lowered I, so the standard has probably been lowered with films like Venom right and, and you know even like likes so Aquaman said a new trailer I actually I'm looking at Aquaman now and I'm kind of going uh, I haven't seen this trailer right so it's like uh, but my standards are now low, right? So okay. I'm getting in with a bit more. Let's let's see what it is. And if it makes me laugh and it makes me have fun, then fair enough. And do you know what? Venom did that. Yeah, I mean, I mean the trailers. I was already kind of put off by the trailers. The sort of we commented, I think, before it looked very nineties, especially oh, the CG yeah, and the, the tone of the film yeah, and things like that. More or less met my expectations because I didn't have high expectations no, going in. No, but I, I also I'm sort of not giving that 
like a pass on that. I know what you mean. So, so let's talk about it. So it's directed by Ruben Fleischer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not a, a director I'm familiar with, so I can't really say if his, his familiar works. It is a Sony production. This is them sort of trying to kickstart their own connected superhero films, uh, a new cinematic universe with the Sony licensed films. Um, previously, this would have included Spider-Man. Spider-Man has been kind of leased back to Marvel. And so, Marv, uh, so far, currently, like Spider-Man, no spoiler here, is not in Venom. When you'd think he would be, considering it's the Spider-Man pantheon of comic books mm-hmm. that Venom is a villain in, and it's one, arguably one of the best. I, the, I, although I'm not sure, from checking some of the things that Sony have been saying, it looks like there may still be ways to have Spider-Man licensed back and used, again, their new connected universe. Uh, the shared cinematic universe is something that is worked well for Marvel. They've sort of pioneered this idea of the connected story arc, multi-film franchise, but other people, of the DC films have copied it, and I think it's mostly fair to say they haven't done really well with the sort of big crisscrossing franchises within a franchise type thing. I think one of the I think one of the things about Venom that was almost doomed for the start was the fact that Marvel Studios weren't attached to it. Well, it's yeah, I mean, it's Sony that's doing this, so they're, you know, I don't think the, the writers they've got at the helm clearly aren't uh, as, uh, you know, quite as compa- capable as the sort of, this the Marvel machine that the Marvel Studios guys have. Kevin Feige is clearly a big impact uh, on Marvel, has the, the showrunner at Marvel, and his vision has clearly, like, done them a lot of favours. I mean, it, uh, but... The cast, though, this cast is pretty good that Venom had, and that's why I had a wee bit of hope for it. Tom Hardy as your lead actor, Michelle Williams. Who's, uh, who plays uh, Elliot? What's his name? Uh, there's Rez Ahmed, Rez Ahmed. plays the, C- the sort of CEO, Carlton Drake, yeah. kind of like a Elon Musk type character, sort of a more sinister version. It's a, it's a, it's a big budget, big budget cast big summer blockbuster mm-hmm. but there was a lot so like yeah like the the quickly through the plot then the plot so is just, basically right, so just before we're going so uh, Ruben Fleischer actually directed Zombieland oh that's right I read and, that yeah uh, Gangster Squad uh, Zombieland I really like Zombieland Gangster Squad is very like. meh very average it's, like. it's, it had some decent bits but I thought it wasn't completely original but it had a kind of best, cool look best thing about Gangster Squad was uh, Sean Penn's face yeah, that's right. Yeah. Trying to do his best, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro, yeah. Licking a limb. I know, God, I've not seen that in a while. So, yeah, I suppose that's a fair. It's not bad. He's not, he's not directed a lot of films, to be fair. I think he's on Venom, was his. I would say um, this if those two films are held up, I would say they, they, those are more compelling than Venom. I would say Venom's a bit of a, a downfall. Right, okay, so let's. So, Venom. So, we'll so, talk about the plot then, right? Uh, uh, this is obviously he's a Marvel character, uh, a Spider-Man villain character. And the Spider-Verse. Yep, and he is sort of a symbiote, they call them. Yeah, so uh, Carlton Drake's obviously developed. Uh, he's I think they've found. Corrupt. Yeah. Uh, so he's a corrupt uh, businessman, uh, ruthless, you know, sociopathic. You'd probably even call him. Mm-hmm. No care for any yep. human or animal life. He's developed a rocket that's just basically. Went into space, went to another planet. They found life forms, which 
Oh, the symbiotes. Symbiotes, I think um, it's four different types or something. I think found. so. Um, and then brought them back to Earth. Aye, brought them back. Truth, obviously, uh, when their the rockets come in re-entry, things go wrong mm. and they crash. Yeah. Uh, I think three of the symbiotes are recovered, but one isn't. Uh, this is spoiler. Uh, okay, it's the initial concept, so it's fine. One one of them sort of inhabits. They can they can inhabit a human. Aye, possess aye. possession. No, this is a spoiler. Oh uh, no, we don't. We shouldn't really go into prop pure spoilers. I don't think here. Right. Okay. We can just set up the concept of the film. I, I would say it's not really a spoiler cast. We're not going into full detail, no. Are you wanting to? I think we probably need to give a full. I think we should spend a bit of time on Venom. Right, okay. Uh, for, so, yeah, for this review for Venom, we're going to do spoilers. Okay, continue then, Scott, where we're talking right, about. Right, so uh, the rocket comes back in, gets some problems, crashes, so I think there is four of them. Uh, and three are recovered, but one escapes, and that one uh, ultimately turns out to be Riot. Yeah. Which is um, essentially the main antagonist. The end of the film. So then the Carlton Drake gets the three symbiotes uh, and he's trying to find the perfect host, whether it's animal or and obviously leading into human. Um, what he finds is that a lot of the symbiotes it's, uh, or the symbiotes don't actually bond with humans when it goes into human trials for whatever reason uh, until Venom does escape Tom Hardy very quickly tries to oppose Carl and Drake, tries to, uh, Eddie Brock's got his own uh, talk show or or news thing, tries to oppose uh, Carl and Drake, loses his job, loses his uh, girlfriend, life goes to pot. Mm. Um, And then in order to get, trying to get back at Carl and Drake, uh, his, Carl and Drake's uh, sidekick or doctor, uh, lead doctor or whatever, gets Eddie Brock in, some shit goes down. Uh, and then it leads into Venom getting into Eddie Brock. And then that's pretty much the first half an hour or 40 minutes. I'd say that's the, the first film. act of the film. Aye, aye. Yeah, they set up there, like, Tom Hardy playing Eddie Brock, who becomes Venom. Um, they've obviously done away with the original story that Venom had in the comics, which was the symbiote inhabited Spider-Man, aye. and then it created sort of black-suited yeah. Spider-Man. They've obviously... Done away with that, went straight to Eddie Brock, yeah, yeah. who was the second host. So, so Tom Hardy, we'll talk about him a bit about him then. I would say it was a, 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 a there was a, a strange performance. He played it quite jittery, and um, I, I didn't actually buy him as a journalist. This is a bit. It's the film is kind of a comedy. It doesn't feel like a comedy until about halfway in though. So maybe it's fine, but I didn't buy him as a journal as a, a, a serious journalist for some reason. Um, I think it's just because it was very... It didn't seem like... The way he spoke didn't feel like the way a, a, a journalist of this, you know, on television would speak. It kind of, like, unclear and not the most articulate. Yeah, I, think I, just, was, I, I think that was probably the, the thing that, like, or what I would imagine would be he was really kind of rough around the edges, really ragged, didn't have... didn't appear to have great education, mm. but he was on the news and... Some of the news clips where it showed you from the the Brock report or whatever it was called, he's actually saying things that the general public would be like, "Oh, he's he's one of the people." 
Ah, okay, like more re- relate, like aye, relatable aye. kind of. Rather, rather than a guy who's going to be standing there very mm. straight back with like a suit and tie on, holding the Yeah, microphone. true, maybe that's why. Maybe I've missed the point on him. Aye, so he was, he was uh, that's what I got from Eddie Brock. So there was one of the lands, landfills, and he's, he's at a landfill as a body discovered, but he's just kind of going like that. Uh, I think he says something like, um, people are saying that there's, there's, it's, not a, it's not a suspicious death, but the way he ends his news report going like that, aye, because, you know, it's... It's a common thing that bodies just turn up at garbage disposal. It's not suspicious, yeah. isn't it? You know, bodies just growing. He seems kind of like the one that always wants to root out a cover up. Aye, aye. So and I think that's aye. what he's kind of doing with with the, the Carlton Drake character. Aye. He's illicitly found information from sort of secretly accessing his girlfriend's aye. computer uh, and weighing her character's name, Michelle Williams, uh, and uses the information he finds to sort of interrogate aye. sort of Carlton, uh, Carlton Drake. Drake. And which leads then, because Anne Wayne, his uh, girlfriend, is the sort of advocate for it. She's like a solicitor preparing a defence case for the Life Foundation, which is his company. She obviously gets fired, so does, and then Hardy loses his job, and then they split up. And as you said, that's where we are after the first third of the film. I do think that I I get your point uh, on you don't really see it because it's very brief. It mm. sets it up and it's very brief. It's all a quick, you quite, see, quite fast-paced aye. beginning. The film's trying to get you from one it's place to another. Basically what, what the film is doing is it's trying to get Brock and Venom yep. together as quick as they can. However, I would have probably... Because it just basically shows you different uh, bits of the Brock report mm. and, you know, and all that. And very, very quick, that's all you see. I kind of took it from this as a guy who is just... He's one of he's one of our own, and he's and he's just going about. And he's telling it like it is, and loads of people are oh Eddie Brock, you know, yeah, I love your show mm. and all that kind of stuff. So he's one of. However, I would have liked to have actually seen him because he sounds as if he is an investigative reporter. And it, I suppose, your take would make more sense as to why he couldn't find a job for six months. Aye, because somebody with that much of exposure, I would have thought, could easily have offers. And aye, but he's sitting, you know, he's been unemployed for six months in a one-bedroom flat. His life's went to hell. Aye, which I didn't quite buy either. Do you know what? There's a couple of plot holes in that, right? So he is this famous guy because he gets he gets. He's in the he's in the pub and some guy turns around and goes, Oh you you're that Eddie Brock guy? Mm. And he's like, I used to be. So he was almost this celebrity, mm-hmm. but now he can't even get a job doing a dishwasher. I don't know if that's because Carl and Drake and the Life Foundation has literally blacklisted him. But surely <laughs> surely the, he can get a job. I thought it was a bit silly. You know I mean? Like aye. it's it was a bit much to somehow aye. us to buy in for the, the fact, fact that aye, for the fact that this guy this guy used to be well, I wouldn't even say he was at the top, but now he is one hundred percent unemployable. Mm. Maybe not. And do you know what actually just before I forget, there's another plot hole what I just thought about today, right? And it, it kinda now annoys me, right? So, see how obviously Riot takes a hold of the. He Riot obviously escapes when the thing crashes. He's in one of the um, the astronauts. Then it goes into the Asian girl crashes the car. She then walks to find an old Asian woman. Right? See why Riot's in that old Asian woman. Hmm. Six months pass. I know. Yep. What is what is Riot doing in six months? I know. It doesn't take six months to get from Tokyo like, <laughs> or whatever to San Francisco. Yeah, I know. It makes no sense because why would Riot inhabit that 
body for that time, surely it I, kept trying to change aye. to because it was showing you that it kept forming, mutating into other people. Aye. So but in that so, time, it was like, oh, yo, this body's fine. Aye, but but it's not even that. It's it's in the film. There's a lot of focus on the fact that the symbiote literally eats the body it's in. <laughs> So that, yeah. that's, this old woman must have had fucking <laughs> industrial, you know, livers. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what, that backs up my so it's a, it's a, it's just. It's, I was starting to feel bad at the two-star review. Uh, you know that, that is just, it's just stupid. It's just a, it's a stupid. And I get the fact that they're, you know, I think the directors actually come out and say, well, there had to be, there had to be a, a, a six-month period to kind of bed in the, the impact on Eddie Brock's life. However, this old woman's cutting about his riot somewhere in Malaysia. And yeah. She's still I, there. Yeah, that's right. That, weird how that didn't flag in my head that that was weird. Ah, I just, thought the timeline thing was unnecessary. I didn't think we needed to have that much time No, I don't, I don't think six months. That could have been a week. But I, again, the six, the six months thing, it was, it's the, I think it's just that it was that whole plot line of the impact on Brock's life. But losing could, the girlfriend, her getting someone else so quick. That could have been a week. <laughs> you know, I that would have been that could have been more hurtful. You can get a new aye. apartment in a two week. week. Two weeks later, yeah, I think that would have been a bit more like. Aye. So aside from the silliness of that inconsistency in the plot, I aye. so the second the second aye. act introduces what you obviously Hardy and Brock's character is possessed by yeah. Venom, and you know that's where the sort of like it start he starts acting out, and is that scene in the sort of posh restaurant. Oh, I was the, probably the, the probably the most memorable for me when it's it's Hardy kind of let loose and and I, I found it I, I wasn't sure if I should be finding it funny because I found it kind of amusing because he's just so out of it and it's him just going crazy which he's good at and that's what I was going to say right so I I actually seeing and it's probably a good thing for Tom Hardy in fact it's probably a good thing for this film because if I don't think if Tom Hardy wasn't the lead character. I think it would be a lot less appealing. So I think most of the scenes with Hardy in it, you can't really take his, your eyes off him. I don't not know. In a good I, way. Uh, I still don't think he was particularly amazing though. I feel like the dialogue and chemistry with him and Michelle Williams was not great. But I don't think he can help that. I, I think, think he... the screen, the screenplay was probably the the, the the issue mainly. I don't well, think. I mean that we we sort of lambasted the dialogue even just after the trailer with the Venom. Uh, Dialogue, and that's the end scene, which is actually in the film. Uh, oh, I know. Rolling down the street like a turd in the wind. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's weird. It's just, it's uh, the, the thing I kept saying when I came out of it and talking to people about it was just, it's a weird film. Do you know it's what? It's a weird, uh, offbeat, kind of, kind of humorous comedy, film. Comedy, kind of bromance. It's failed love story, action, sci-fi. It's a strange one. Uh, but do you know what? But do you know what? Actually, right. But see, see when you see, I still enjoyed it. Like, see when you see when you come back. Right. So this is what I'm saying about the start. Right. About films that people are going in and they're too critical. I think that. I think the the critical backlash on this film is just unjust. Well, unfortunately, I, I am giving it a two-star review. I suppose I'm on that side because I didn't see much merit in it. I think it's just. I think it's just. What do you think of the action scenes then? But that's what I'm saying. So it's like, in terms of the yes, there's plot holes. Yes, there's storylines that you're kind of like, this is a wee bit cumbersome. It could move on quicker. You could have had a lot more character, you know, storytelling and depth to that character. But when 
it, when he becomes Venom or when it, Venom starts to kind of take over his body and stuff like that, there is a cut, there is a lot of really good action scenes. More notably, the scene in the apartment, which leads to then the car chase across San Francisco. There's then the scene where he's at the lobby of the Life Foundation, and obviously the the, the final scene when he's when he's basically fighting Riot. I thought the fight with Riot, I liked the middle stuff um, mostly. Um, I remember being tired in cinema and that I was starting to fade out a bit, but it wasn't to do with the film, I don't think. And I remember thinking some of it looked great. The final third, the stuff with Riot, I remember it's hard to keep up with what was happening. And do you know what? It, it does turn into a modern day sci-fi. It was, and but, uh, you've mentioned uh, that before in a lot of the DC uh, films, and uh, that to me was that, you know, that's kind of exactly what that was, was about. But I also found some of the CG effects looked a bit oh, weaker I, than I, that you've ex- I, come to expect now I, in 2018, as well as that between the two of them, like, submerging and mm. coming, interacting with each other, I know that's kind of what they do, but it was also difficult to work out really what was I going on. And because I wasn't invested in the film, I had also this, uh, this sort of apathetic kind of, uh, whatever, I don't really care. And I wasn't, I wasn't, so I wasn't annoyed by it. I was just like, right, okay, fair enough. I, I, I can't tell what's going on, but I'll just take it. I'm just watching it. Colours are happening in front of me. Mm. And I'm kind of, I had, it already lost me. But I think, I don't know, I think, you've, I think you, as well as a lot of people, have, have been overly critical. And I don't know why. Maybe I think I, I think I have an issue with films where the tone is flip flops flippantly like that. Like but with the tone is set up the film is kind of set up like a it's an action film with a darker look to it. It's quite a serious film and it takes itself it seems like it takes itself relatively seriously. And it's got this sort of like epic soundtrack like a score like it sounds mm-hmm. like it's kind of like quite um portentous and things like that but then this weird humor kicks in about halfway into the film when venom appears and it's calling him a turd and it's calling him a pussy and things um, and it's see, like see the fair. I, I, to me i was just like okay scene. so this is this is a comedy like i, I wasn't so the trailers didn't sell that for me i know there's that silly bit at the end but i, I wasn't sure i just didn't feel like I, I didn't feel like I understood the director and the screenwriters really knew what they wanted this film to be, and that, when that to me starts to I interpret that, that I, I lost because I, I don't think they've got confidence, and I lose then confidence in the film. But uh, that's fair enough. That's fair news. I'm not going to sit here and say that the screenplay is spot on. That are absolute flaws. I get what you're saying, but do you know what? See the see the the character Venom, and mm. whether it's comics or whatever. He's a he is a crazy, unpredictable, you know, really off the wall character. Mm. So and 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 I think when you kind of when you when you're watching that film, you are sitting there going, what what? <laughs> it's a, it's you're it's a it's a very kind of strange it's a strange reaction you've got because you're kind of like this this just feels dead weird. Yeah. You know, and I thought everyone. But everyone thinks Venom is this, like, unstoppable killing machine. He's a, he's actually very kind of zany. Well, I didn't. This is we'll come to the end of the uh, sort of film, and then the spoilerific end as well with the mid credit reveal. I thought when you describe zany, carnage is essentially that, isn't it? 
and this is obviously what they're leading to. With well, carnage, carnage, carnage is carnage is the the unstoppable sociopathic. I don't care about anything. He won't be mm-hmm. controlled. Yeah, Venom obviously is a bad guy, right? He is a, a, a killer or whatever, but he does. He is that anti-hero. So, like, the end. What did you think of that? Before, not even the the the, the carnage stuff. So, obviously, you know, Brock and and his characters they sort of make up, and it seems like everything's fine. But then you sort of kind of realise that he's still got venom in, in him. Oh ah, yeah, yeah, it makes it makes it. And it's kind bad. of like Brock. The anti-hero is 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 he is he, is he a good guy now? He's not going to commit. You know, you think because the, the, they're obviously planning this as a new well, universe. What, so, what, where, where do you think this is going to well, go? Well, what, what's meant to happen is, is that it's meant to be Venom. I'm pretty sure there's the comics. There's a there's a lot. Obviously, there's so many different comic book story arcs. But there's a comic book story arc which basically Venom is a bad guy. Spider Man is trying to stop Venom. I think Spider Man. There's a something happens with Carnage, and I think Carnage is about to kill and. Waiting, Eddie Brock's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spider Man stops him, and then comes to like a kind of mutual truce with Venom. So Spider Man and Venom team up and fight Carnage. Yeah, I think that's what's kind of meant to happen. Well, there's probably about a thousand different iterations in comics. Aye, we, we, I mean, what I can't be bothered with is if you know Marvel basically say, "Well, this is Sony, so this isn't the Marvel." Well, this series. is the thing, but it's an association with Marvel. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if there is that partnership where Sony. And they're not. Um, this is Sony trying to utilize their their licensed characters they have from Marvel, but it's. I don't think. Like the Marvel studios that make the films have much say. Well, what, you, what, you're, what you're going to have to happen is you're going to have to have Sony sent to I think, Marvel I think, and Tom Holland can be. Can, I think can, they're going to have concurrent Spider-Mans. They're going to have their own Spider-Man. I think so I they're, they're not going to. I think that's what's going to happen though. I can't be bothered with that. I mean, you look at the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man one, two, and three. Three was flawed, but actually one and two were really good, mm-hmm. right? The Andrew Garfield Andrew ones Garfield's were. Spider-Man's, ah, I haven't seen The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I have seen the first one. I thought it was okay. The first one is good. Amazing Spider-Man 2 is good. Jamie Foxx is uh, Electro is a wee bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. However, I really liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I really liked that. I've been meaning to watch it. I see it on I, like, Netflix. Um, I really liked it. He had a good balance. A kind of you know, moody but you know, jovial type Spider-Man as you'd expect. I really liked Tom Holland now. I was a wee bit... Didn't necessarily like him. Spider-Man, but I actually now like Marvel's mm-hmm. Spider-Man now because he's now immersed in the yeah. whole Avengers thing. I actually quite like him. So, but I just, I, I just don't think there's a need for someone else to be Spider-Man. Well, they're gonna have lots of Spider-Man in the cu- upcoming film, which looks pretty good. Oh, spider and, and the, the Spider-Verse. Spider-verse. Aye, aye, that's, that's a take on all this bizarre like multi-dimensions of Spider-Man aye, and stuff. I, I, it's I almost like, to aye, I think it looks really good. Yeah, that's a, that's an animated, yeah. that's not taking itself seriously. Yeah. It's almost like a almost like a parody of the, all of that, yeah. if that makes sense. I just, I think if Venom 2 was to come out and there was a new new actor playing Spider-Man, I just don't think I could be bothered with that. It's I think just, that's what's going exhausting. to happen. What, so we'll, we'll finish up on the, uh, this discussion with the that mid-credit review. What do you think of that? So the, the Woody Harrelson. Well, I mean, I, first of all, somebody surely with that budget can have a better wig. <laughs> I know. Because I know. I'm I, like, are you kidding me on? I thought it, it looked just horrendous. Looked I also, I'm just, 
I was disappointed. Woody Harrelson is great and stuff, and I like him and stuff, things like that. But I really don't think he needs another big franchise to be in. Like I, I just think it depends on. Else. I mean, see the thing is, it depends on. I feel like I've seen him too many things now. It's too saturation of the Woody Harrelson. But maybe maybe I'll be blown away by whatever they do with Carnage. I just thought it was overly like wink wink. You know, uh, final word. Look at Harrison. I think they could have ended. I think they could have ended Venom better. I didn't like the fact that the film ended with the scene that everyone had had saw in the trailer. You know, when he's saying, "I'm going to, you know, eat your arms and your legs. You'll be rolling down the street like a turd in the mm-hmm. wind." And then it's the "We Are Venom." I didn't really like that because I'm kind of like. Saw that in the trailer. Mm. So again, I think it's. I know that was weird for the marketing team to uh, use in the trailer. The end scene. And it's, do you know the thing is, I don't know if it was me or I, but see if it was my film. I know they've got to drum up interest in Venom, but don't show them. Try not to show as much in the trailer. I mean, they need I, know, I know it's marketing, uh, marketing and desperate and so, and the look of the that. film, stuff like that. Like, yeah. You basically showed some of the best scenes or best action scenes. Mm. I mean the scene where he in the he's in the lobby of the Life Foundation. That was that whole scene was like released as a trailer, a part of the trailer, you know, a week or two weeks before the film. I just don't get it. There's I suppose. No suspense, you know, and then and then when you finally do see the full Venom suit, you're like, oh, I've already seen that in the trailer. Fair enough. Okay, uh, what would you have given the film then? So I think overall, I think. I don't think the critical backlash is justified. Not saying it's a, a masterpiece by anything, but like the Meg, uh, I enjoyed it. Three stars. So I would give it three stars. Eh? I mean, sometimes I think about it and I think, was it too harsh? Would it have been? I think it's a, a maybe a higher two than a certain other film we'll probably discuss at some point. But yeah, as we've we've just the other things we've discussed about it, I kind of. No, I'm kind of feeling okay about my two-star review. Okay, uh, that will probably do today's podcast then. Uh, we will be push, pu- pushing out another podcast at some point, uh, when, hopefully not too long after this one, so our one listener, if you're still there, <laughs> hi, keep checking out. Hiya. And uh, thanks very much, Scott. Hi, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> I actually sent the link to the website to Mum. She read one of my reviews and she said it was really good. So. Oh, she might be starting to listen to us, so nice. cut out the swearing, Scott. Hi, Mrs. Barry. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that's us for this time, and we'll uh, be on another time. Yeah, we're really good. At, <laughs> we're really good at ending podcasts. Aren't we? we need to improve on this. I give you one star. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Bye. Cheerio. Thanks. Bye bye. Speak up, Scott, just as you talk normally. Hi. Talk as if. Just, How are you? Just read your phone as if you're talking. Uh, so I'm going to write down Meg, Ocean's Eight, Ant Man and the Wasp.
there's a list here as well that I went to get and I was going to cook some homemade curry so but items that I couldn't get from Tesco were gram uh, slash chickpea flour baking powder so I ended up buying coconut you know what I'm just going to stop this (laughs) 